0: Everyone, welcome back to Creative Confessionals. I'm Kelly Taylor. And I'm Maddie Rose. And we have another special guest for everyone today. We have my good friend, Jason Saris, on our show. Hey, Jason, what's up?
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for being on our little show and thanks for being a fan.
1: Of course, I listen to you guys every week.
0: (laughs) So, on that note, because you listen to us every week, you know what happens next. You know what it's time for.
1: I do. I do.
0: Um, well, it's time for rad thing, bad thing. And we'll have you start us off. Jason, what was your rad thing?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, the rad thing is that I get to be on the show today. I mean, that's got to be the rad thing, right? But of I'm assuming course. it's not the rad thing that you're looking for.
0: Oh, it can be. Totally can be. <laughs> I'll take it.
1: Okay. Well, that's my, that's my rad thing for the moment. If I can throw another one on there. Yeah. I- Say that my rad, my other rad thing is that um, I uh, got a call back recently for a uh, another podcast series. This one is an interview style as well, but this one's like you know the first time that I've come across one that does paid interviewed guests, Oh budget, big production kind of thing. And uh, I don't know that I, I haven't gotten it yet, but I got a call back, and I'm hoping got my fingers crossed. But it seemed like it went well, so hopefully that's my rad thing.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, we
2: well, have our fingers crossed for you too.
0: Yes. Yes. A callback is a rad thing. Totally. We've used that many times on our show. Mm -hmm.
1: Until you end up not getting it, then it becomes your almost rad thing. Not quite. (laughs) It's still still progress. All right,
2: Maddie. My rad thing this week is that shortly before recording today, I went on a lovely walk with a friend. Now that it is starting to get warmer out and now that restrictions are starting to get a little bit lighter. I felt comfortable to go for a walk with a friend that I hadn't seen in a little bit. And we took my dog with us and it was lovely to just see another human being. I mean, we we still wore masks and still still kept uh, safety parameters in mind, but it was nice to see another human being that I missed and, and haven't gotten to see in a while. So Aww. yeah, that's my
0: rad thing today.
1: That does sound pretty rad.
0: Yeah, and Kelly, what was yours? Mine's pretty simple, but I slept in today for the first time. I don't know how long. I woke up at like 1130 and I could have slept longer except that I had shit to do. But I got up, made coffee, went back to sleep for like 10 minutes while my coffee cooled. And it was just so delightful. And it just set a really nice pace for the rest of the day. I worked out, I ate healthy and it's a really little thing, but it's a, it's a little rad thing. Yeah, yeah we'll slept take it.
1: Yeah. I think like 20 years. I think that that sounds amazingly rad. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know when the last time I've slept in past like 10 o'clock is. All right, what was your bad thing or less than rad thing, Jason?
1: This is kind of sappy, but my, my bad thing is that I actually, so I, I met a girl and we were supposed to go out and um, that ended up falling through. She had some stuff going on in her life that caused some hiccups. And now, you know, it's one of those, hey, maybe eventually one day this will work thing. But if history has taught me anything, is like if it doesn't happen originally, it probably is not going to happen. So that was my bad
0: thing for the week. Aww. Well, that good on you suck. for, you know, connecting during quarantine anyways, because that's been difficult for some people to meet people and connect on that level so that's fair yeah
1: pat myself on the back a little bit
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right Maddie what about you
2: I feel like this is such a silly bad thing for an actor but sometimes as actors you go out for a gig you have not you have an audition you go out for something whether it be a commercial or a show or a tv series or a a movie or whatever you have the audition you do the best you can and then you leave the audition and you try not to think about it right I mean we try not to get our hopes up too high once we've done the audition try not to think about it and every now and again you then see that thing that you auditioned for and you go oh shit guess I didn't get that
0: oh no which
2: Totally makes sense. We have so many auditions. You're not going to book everything by any means. But I had a commercial audition recently that I I had a lot of fun doing. I enjoyed. I figured it's been a couple of weeks now. I figured I didn't get it. But I had that lovely reminder today that I definitely didn't get it because I saw the commercial today. And it's just one of those silly little things. Again, I knew I didn't get it. But just having that reminder right there in front of me was like, wah, wah, (laughs) wah.
0: the universe is kind of fucking with you being like yo you just got punked Mm,
1: a little bit until that happens like you know yeah something and you just linger and you keep you keep that little thread of hope alive where you're like well you know I don't know exactly when they were going to start shooting or maybe things got delayed maybe there's still a chance and then you see that crushing reality after you've built it for so long
2: yeah Especially okay. with this pandemic, things keep getting moved around. Timelines keep getting changed all over the place. There was a film that was looking to audition. I auditioned for the lead role in a film back in January, I think, but like January last year, like January 2020. And then they had me audition for one of the secondary roles about a month later. And I didn't think too much of it. I, you know, did my thing and and didn't think much of it. And then we went into full pandemic mode and then I got another audition for the lead in like October or November or something. And I went, that title sounds familiar. And it did (laughs) sound familiar because I already auditioned for it, but it wasn't a callback. It was because they were completely recasting because pandemic hit. And I guess the production just completely went on pause so especially these days, you never know when things are, you never know what the timeline is between yeah. audition and actually casting and actually filming. So, but, but you do know you didn't get the thing when you see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: So that was my, my bad for today. But Kel, what, what, what about you?
0: So mine's kind of sappy too. Um, so I have a little bit of heartbreak this week. And I was thinking, like, do I want to talk about this on the podcast or not? But I feel like I get pretty honest on here and we have all of, like, 10 to 20 listeners, so it's all good. So whenever you care about somebody more than they care about you, it really sucks. But there was this incident where there is this individual who I legitimately really cared about and at the very least considered a friend and we... Um, I actually hadn't even spoken to them in, like, a year. We just recently reconnected. Um, But we've had a few really nice heart-to-hearts, and it's those, like, couple little heart-to-hearts that we've had where I'm like, oh, I kind of, you know, you kind of feel something with that person. Um, And we haven't ever explored anything, like, romantically or anything like that, but um, I sort of recently came to the conclusion that um, not only do they not like me, but I... Don't think they even consider me much of anything besides just like this producer girl. I don't even think they follow me on social media, honestly. But it's okay, I don't follow them anymore either. <laughs> but <laughs> and I think it's it's disappointing because I definitely have this persona where we've talked about podcasts about how we sometimes wear our creative hats in our personal life. And I definitely have a habit of being a producer in my personal life and that just comes from like hiding behind something like any comedian will tell you that they're a comedian for a reason so as much as I use comedy to kind of hide behind who I am I sometimes use being a producer to be that and I'm this over the top sort of personality so it's unfortunate that this individual I think doesn't like the persona that they've seen like I don't think they like that social media quirky girl you know, who's always making these like weird jokes and stuff. And then the over the top producer, which is, I don't know if it's not really something I can help, except maybe just take a bit of a backseat with the social media a bit. As much as I like making people laugh, I think I kind of don't realize that people that don't know me in my personal life might look at the things I'm posting. and might be like, oh, that's a little problematic. <laughs> um, was it
1: also a creative?
0: It was a fellow creative. Yes.
1: Yeah, Because normally, I mean, because you see that sometimes, especially when people like when creative people try to, you know, date or get it, you know, become good friends with non-creative people that there's that mismatch that they don't understand it. But a lot of times when two creatives are kind of gravitating towards each other, they get it. So it's I don't know
0: if they just don't get it. I think it might be more, I mean, keep in mind, we all haven't connected with most people in over a year, right? I think you know, like, like Maddie was saying, like, things are being lifted. And we're still in this for a while longer, y'all. Like, we're still in this for at least another six months to a year. But we're now at that time, I think, especially with the vaccine, we're kind of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So now we're kind of, you know, like that kid that's like at the end of school. It's like, oh, I'm so excited. Um, You kind of want to start reconnecting with people. And I think if you haven't connected with that person in a while and all you've seen of them is for the past year this weird persona which anybody that follows me on social media knows exactly what i'm talking about and i've been using social media as like a stage essentially because i haven't had a stage not everyone might understand that that's what i'm doing and i kind of look at it as like no wonder no one wants to date me <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> You know what think- the solution to that is, though? Don't be
0: a dick, dudes. And then Kelly won't have anything to roast about you. It's disappointing that I feel like this person doesn't like me, but because they don't know me because of what they see. So that's my bad thing. And it's cheesy. Well, the two points
1: I'll make on that is that, as somebody who does follow you on social media, you're a fantastic follow. I mean, if <laughs> mm-hmm, you're totally media, you're missing out because by all means, you are hilarious. Uh, but second too, like if they're just, you know, if they're judging that way, then it sounds like they're probably not a good match just because of their personality in general. So it's that initial burn because it's like, hey, you're judging off of, you know, the platform rather than the person. But the fact of the matter is, is that the right person probably would get it so they're clearly not the right person anyway.
0: Great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it still sucks, though. No, yeah. <laughs> I get that. It, it still sucks. Like, if you, when you're into someone and they're not into you back, that that can totally suck. But, I mean, good on you. Good on you both this week for kind of putting yourselves out there. I-
0: all right, Jason. So we all like to talk about our different hats, as we just discussed in our rad thing, bad thing. I wear a producer hat in my personal and dating life. What hats you also do you wear? wear? Some,
2: you also wear other good hats. You wear a voiceover artist and actor as well.
0: And Maddie is a burlesque performer and a producer and an actor. What totally. are you?
1: Uh, so the hats I wear. Um, well, let's see. I have ball caps, uh, fedora. <laughs> is that too bad? <laughs> is that too dumb? I'm sorry. Um No. So, you know, right now during the pandemic, especially most of my focus has been on, uh, you know, either voice acting or attempting to get into more voice acting work. Um, I've done some, you know, traditional acting roles with film, um, some shorts, music videos, that kind of things. I'm working currently on uh, my writing and producing hat because uh, I'm working on an audio series now and, um, you know, with actually one of our fellow castmates from REAP. And we're trying to put something like that together. So I'll have the ability to dip my toe into directing a little bit too. So yeah, a lot of hats that uh, currently wear and hopefully will be wearing soon. And just trying to be that jack of all trades, I guess.
0: Awesome. I think any creative is definitely a jack of all trades. I think that's like, like the definition of it. Unofficial definition, I'll say. Yeah. creative Jack of all trades.
2: Yeah, I think none of us go into it thinking that, that we're going to be a jack of all trades, but we all end up that way, right? Like when I think when most people come out of school or come out of their first sort of training experience of saying, "Yes, I'm going to be a creative." They they always start with one and then all of a sudden you just slowly pick up another hat and then you pick up a third hat and then all of a sudden you have so many hats you could open up a goddamn store and you have no idea what to do with them all.
1: <laughs> well, I will say though, and I know like, you know, Kelly and I were talking about this a little bit before the show, that it is important, too, to know your limitations sometimes also. Mm -hmm. Because you're creative doesn't mean that you have to wear all hats. It's good to dip your toe in things and try to get better at all assets of what you do. But there are times where it's okay to defer to somebody else that has more experience or or can help you get to the end goal because it's a lot. It's a lot to take on. And if you're going to do everything, you're not Superman. So you can't expect that every project means that you can write and produce and act and You know, edit and all that. It's just not practical if if you want to get it done.
0: Totally. Like I've tried directing before and I don't like it. That's a that's a hat that I don't want to wear again. And I think I've said this in another episode before, but I had a friend once tell me, try everything once. Say every say yes to everything once. And then you know what jobs you want to do forever and what you want someone else's job to be. And that, I think that is a good lesson to learn. Try everything once. Maybe not try everything at once, all at once,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but definitely dip your toes in things here and there because, Maddie, if you didn't produce monsters, you wouldn't have known that, hey, I think I actually kind of like producing. Totally. It's really fucked, but I like it. Same with me as, <laughs> as a producer. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? But then I am such a control freak with my art that I can't imagine ever not doing it as a
1: creative you get passionate about things really easily so like when you create a project regardless of what element of it that you're creating it becomes your baby in a way so letting go is hard it's like giving up a piece of yourself to somebody else and the first couple times you do it it's like such a monumental hurdle but reality eventually seeks you know finds its way in where you kind of give it up to help you get something back like deferring it or delegating it to somebody that knows what they're doing can actually help you make your vision more so than you just trying to see it all through on your own, because it's just, it's, again, it's just too much sometimes.
0: Agreed. So I think a lot of people are getting into being creative during this weird time in quarantine. People are realizing dreams that they never knew they had before, or, you know, finally being like, I really want to pursue this. They might have a lot of time with their hands and want to create. And I think there's a lot of caution that needs to go with that because the industry is super fun and fulfilling, but it can also be really, really shady. Do you have a story you'd like to share people, Jason?
1: One of the great things about the show is the fact that you guys have all these experiences and you share them. And I think that that's a huge asset for people that are getting into the industry or aspiring to get into the industry. And I thought, you know, I have got cautionary tales by all means. And, and one in particular happened not too long ago that I think is a, a good lesson for anybody who's trying to get into this world to kind of set the stage. I I have technically been an quote unquote actor for a while now. Like I think my first indie film was maybe 2004 or 2005. That movie went into like distribution hell. So like it took a long time before anybody saw it or heard of it or it ended up being anywhere. And with it, I took a long time break and just didn't do much of anything. And I don't think I did anything for a while until, uh, I think Captain America was my next thing. And that was like years and years later, even then, like it was always like a very sporadic thing for me. So in a lot of ways, I've been in the industry for a while. In other ways, I'm very new still. And uh, when you live in a smaller city, you know, like I'm in Cleveland, which is no New York, it's no LA, it's no Toronto. Like they have big, you know, big movie film industry scenes there. Cleveland has things that come through, but it is far fewer and in between. So when you live in a smaller city like that, you get set up with casting agencies. Like I'm registered with a couple agencies here. I don't have like an agent or anything, but if things come up, if I meet the criteria for it, they will you know, shoot them my way and say like, hey, you, you fit this if you're interested or whatever, right? So one day I get a phone call and it's a number I don't recognize and I pick it up and there's a girl on the other end. She says, hi, I'm such and such casting person. And I'm looking to see if you'd be interested in doing a gig. It's very last minute. We need somebody tonight. The whole thing seemed really screwy to begin with because I've never gotten, you know, any of the, any of the, the, the gigs that I have been suggested for through this mechanism was never that way. It's always like an email or if somebody calls like it's, you know, for a week in advance, at least something. Mm -hmm. So she tells me, you know, there's, there's a gig tonight. I need to know here's what it pays. Uh, I need to know right away if you're available because it's in a few hours. And I'm like, oh my, like, this is a whirlwind of just information. And you're trying to process it real quickly, right? So I ask her, you know, for some of the basic details, like, well, what, what is the gig? Because you're just telling me there's a gig. And all you're saying is that it's an improv type thing. I need to know if this is something I can prep for and do in a matter of three hours. So she tells me that her casting agency was contacted by a guy who wanted to create an experience for his wife on her birthday. And, you know, my first question is, what does that mean? Because this is the first time I've heard about something like this, right? So she explains like, it's her birthday. They want to pay an actor to, you know, pretend as though he knows her. And she obviously is not in on it. Almost like a, I don't know. Punked sort of situation. it's Like like a a
0: practical joke. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Right. I'm open to lots of various acting opportunities. And I like kind of stretching myself into different things. This was nothing that was even on my radar. But, you know, she says, I need to know whatever. So I said, you know what, give me like 10 minutes to kind of sit through my thoughts, think about it, figure out if I can even make this, and I will call you right back. So I think about it, I call her back and say, all right, I'm in, you know, shoot me the details. Let me know, you know, if I need a contract, whatever. She sends me a contract and I, I read through it really quickly, but like, she's very, she's indicating there's so much urgency. Like if you can't do this, somebody else, like I need to know this is happening because the other person canceled and now we're just behind the eight ball. So it makes sense. Like I understand like, you know, the urgency or whatever. Right. So I look over the contract and it seems pretty standard, whatever. So I sign it, I send it back. She gives me the details. Now the, the requirements for this gig is I have to show up to a place that I have never been before in a city that I have maybe been to once or twice. And uh, I have to find this person that I have never met. And I have to pretend that I know her. And I have to somehow incorporate a song into my interaction with her. These are the parameters of it, right? And obviously, there's a lot of unknown variables. You don't know what she's going to say. You don't know what the rest of the people are going
0: to Are you, you going know. to get murdered?
1: Exactly. I mean, that thought crossed my head. Like, is this some place that I'm going to get jumped. Like, I don't know anything about where I'm going. As the day is going through and I'm trying to think of like my process and like how I'm going to do this. I start thinking about different ideas and I'm like, well, is there a contact that I can have when I'm there to make sure I can find this person since I don't know what they look like? And they're like, yes. So here is, uh, here's her friend's number. Text her when you get there and she'll tell you where they're sitting. I end up calling this girl ahead of time and I'm like, hey, can you send me like a picture or something? And I get all that. So I show up, I work up this whole idea of how I'm gonna approach this. And I've done like a number of things, and and you know, there's usually nerves involved, you know, a little bit. And it's part of the fun, it's part of the excitement. But this was a different kind of nerves. Like this was like, there's a lot of unknown variables, and this can just go horrifically wrong at any point. And I am totally out of control.
0: I call that intuition.
1: That's the smart part of my brain that's operating at that point. So I go in there, I find the table, I go through my routine and actually the whole thing goes over as well as I could have possibly expected. At first she's really confused, like the whole table of people or whatever are just, they're kind of like, uh, at first I'm not sure what's going on, then like they slowly all start realizing like it's a thing and everybody's into it, great. And it ends up being a fun time. So I'm driving back, the the casting agency texts me and says like, you know, I need a photo that you were there, because I need to know that you were there in order to get paid. Um, And she told me this ahead of time too. And I snapped a photo with the lady, with the lady whose birthday it was. So I sent it, she's like, great, wonderful. I'll I'll keep you on the list to do these again if they ever come up. She confirms my address. Two weeks go by, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. I still haven't gotten a check in the mail. So I try to call, there is no answer. You know, it just goes to like a very weird nondescript voicemail. Another week goes by, I'm sending a couple of text messages. She says, oh, I'll check out it, sorry. Another week, another two weeks, another three weeks. I'm texting again, you know, I'm trying to think it like something is definitely wrong. here. I'm pulling up the contract. I'm looking up like the details of it. I'm not getting anywhere finding where this casting agency is or another way to contact anybody there. I reach out to the lady, the girl who's like the friend that I had the number for. She doesn't respond back to me. At this point, I have no idea who could have arranged this and who could have set it up or why or whatever, but it definitely doesn't seem legit at this point. So my takeaway from the whole experience was it's good to be super, super adventurous and willing to take risks when it comes to a creative endeavor, but also do your due diligence. Like when somebody's pressing you for time, don't let that make you make haphazard decisions because while the experience was fine, it would have been nice to get my pay. It was... Just no bueno, no
2: bueno. Yeah, that sounds like not a fun situation. And I think sometimes as actors, particularly uh, when there's an agent or a casting director or casting agent involved, we sometimes think we have to do what they say or I have to do what my agent asks me to do or I have to do what the casting tells me to do or whatever. And I think sometimes it's a nice reminder and a nice takeaway from your story that you are you do not have to do those things. If your agent sends you somewhere and it sounds kind of sketchy and your, your intuition is lighting up, you can say no to those things and you can, yeah, you can kind of say no to that. And if casting asks you to do something that sounds sketchy to you, you can say no because you
1: are a human being. Or at least take a pause. Like you don't have to turn. Absolutely. You know, I think the fear is, and the reason why I didn't push the issue to begin with is because the the fear is that they will just go with someone else, right? Mm -hmm. You're in that moment and you're trying, especially, especially when you are, haven't had a gig in a while, or you're trying to get a gig for one of the first times, your thought is like, I don't want to be difficult. I don't want to push this person away where they want to go in another direction or that they don't want to look at me again. So you're trying to be as accommodating as possible and to a, to, to a degree, that's great, but it's it's just to a degree and you have to know where that line is. And I think understanding where that line is before you're faced with the line is, mm-hmm. is a huge benefit to you.
0: Yeah, totally. Trust your intuition, man. Like it's there for a reason. I've definitely had not quite like that experience. No one's ever asked me to perform at their birthday birthday party before or their wife's birthday party.
1: He was not there. Like, the whole thing was like a-
0: The husband wasn't even there? No, the person who
1: booked the gig with the cat agency, it was like, she was doing like a girl's night and he thought it would be funny to have like a random guy interact with her like she thought some kind of weird thing was going on and like she didn't want to get in trouble with her husband. Like, the whole scenario is just so bizarre. And the more I think about and talk about it, the weirder it sounds to me.
0: That sounds like a weird kink to me. It does. Not gonna lie. Like, it's just like this guy had some weird fetish or something. That's
1: to my IMDP profile then. King <laughs>
0: <Fetish>. <laughs> <laughs> Special <laughs> skills. I will say a few
2: acting gigs have come up that I go porn? Question mark, right? <laughs> or like, sometimes I'll be explaining it to my mom or something and say like, hey, I, I booked a gig. This is, it. you know, the premise of the script. And she'll go, and as I'm explaining it, she'll go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And her uh-huhs get like significantly more concerned as the conversation goes on. And I think to myself, oh shit, is this porn? I have to say, or- is this something I don't want to be doing? Or is this something I have to say no to? Is this a kink? Is this some sort of situation that I don't want to be in? And yeah, trust trust your intuition. Trust your instinct. You do not have to do anything. In, in Canada anyways, and I'm sure it is the same in most of the world, you have the right to refuse unsafe work. If you feel that work is unsafe, you have the right, it is a law, to refuse that work. That absolutely applies to acting. If you feel that you are in an unsafe situation, nobody can fire you or blacklist you because you felt unsafe legally hopefully that that does stand up i know sometimes that it it doesn't necessarily sometimes you you might get called difficult but it is it is legal in in canada that you can refuse work that you feel is unsafe so that's sort of a nice reminder to hold on to as well
0: I have a similar situation. So, when I was in my early 20s and I used to model, I had this one rule where I wouldn't do nudes. Nothing wrong with it. It just, like we've discussed in this podcast before, I like to do comedy. I like to do animation. I don't think that would be a good look for me. So, I've always just said, like, no, don't want to do it. So, back in the day, there was this modeling, casting site for indie artists and it was called Model Mayhem, but it was essentially like a MySpace or like a Facebook and you could could either be a model, a photographer, a designer, you know, anything like that. And then you would have a profile of like all your different things. So I would do like swimwear, lingerie and stuff like that. So just to give some backstory, some of the photographers I was probably working with, and a lot of the photographers would dabble in artistic nudes. And so this one photographer approached me and asked if I wanted to shoot with him. And I looked at his profile and I saw a lot of naked girls and I was like, very nice work, not something I'm interested in. Um, and he's like, well, I don't want to do anything that you're not comfortable with. Um, we could do lingerie or, or swim. And I'm like, okay, well, if you want that, then here my rate. Right? And he's like, okay, great. Sounds good. So we go to the photo shoot and he did everything right. I brought a friend with me and I'm not stupid. I know that if a guy wants to shoot a girl in lingerie, he wants sexy. And so this guy was going out of his way to make it seem like that's not what he wanted. He's like, oh, I don't want a cleavage shot. Like, no, I want to see your beautiful smile. I'm like, bullshit. I'm here in my fucking bra and panties. You want a cleavage shot. And
1: you can smile without
0: being in your underwear, I see. <laughs> Um, yeah. You just have a beautiful smile. It's just what I want to see. It's just who cares that you're wearing brown panties. Just picture a fur coat. Um, so we did the shoot and everything and he was too nice. Like I just knew that he was faking it and I was like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. Then he's like, I had so much fun shooting with you. Do you want to do another shoot? I think it'd be really great. And as smart as I thought I was, I clearly wasn't that smart because I kind of fell for that. And I was like, sure, great. I mean, I want more money. He's like, okay, cool. And I had done everything right. Like I had signed the the modeling contract and and the work release form so he's like okay so um I'm just gonna rip this contract up and I'm gonna make a new one because we're doing two shoots and I'll get back to you with the date and everything and I'm like okay cool yeah sounds sounds good um at that point I kind of maybe felt like I had that intuition that like maybe this is a little weird but I got bills to pay so cool another another shoot and and the same thing like you were saying with uh before when you don't know they're gonna go with someone else they might not want to work with you again all these thoughts that go through your head so you say yes so then he starts messaging me asking me like you know let's pick a date and everything and let's pick a theme and then he's like you know you've got a great body I would love to try something a bit more artistic with you and I'm like I'm not fucking stupid oh,
1: red flag alert.
0: which I knew from that from as soon as he said that I was like sorry I was like I've said before I don't feel comfortable doing nude so I don't want to do that he's like it's up to you but you've got a banging body and I'm like thank you again not interested and then no response and then I write back I'm like hey so are we rescheduled you know, because I haven't heard from you if we're supposed to shoot tomorrow, or we were scheduling what no response. And I'm like, Okay, so I guess since um we're not shooting, can I at least get paid for the shoot? I just did. This guy legit like just ghosted me because I wouldn't get naked. And I didn't have a contract because I'm the idiot that let the guy rip up the contract that we had. So again, listen to your gut people. If your gut is telling you this isn't good, then just go with it. Because maybe I wouldn't have gotten a second shoot out of it. But I I'm sure that had I stood my ground and just said like, No, I don't want to do Shoot, I would have, or even said maybe in the future, but not right now. Let's just settle this, and I would have at least gotten my money for that shoot. So I basically pranced around my bra and panties for some guy with a camera for nothing for his entertainment. The
1: worst part is too, is that that technique probably works. Like, you're I'm sure you're not the first mm-hmm. person that with, yeah. and until people kind of all understand that that's you know such a ploy, and everybody you know, and until that stops working, it's going to be a continuous thing that people like that try,
0: yeah, because when you're new to the industry strain you're hungry for it you want the gig at the end of the day you know you kind of listen to the the hunger for what you want over your intuition totally
2: so yeah I think that's our that's our big takeaways is trust your intuition but sometimes too it's not just about pay it can also be about getting footage for your demo reel mm-hmm. or there are other there are other ways you can get paid that aren't just monetary especially when you are newer to the industry and you do want those photos for your portfolio or that line on your resume I have recently learned a tip for student films. I've talked about it a number of times on this podcast, how great I think student films are. I think they're a great experience for the students. I think they're a great experience for you as an actor. I think it's it can be a great way to a great sort of low stakes, lower stakes way to audition and get up those audition skills before you walk into a big casting house or a good way to get footage for your demo reel. But unfortunately what I have experienced on a number of student films sets is that you don't always get the footage back. So not, you don't get paid for student films normally. And the thing that you go for is usually to get footage for your demo reel and another line for your resume, which again, when you're a newer actor, can be a big deal. So I have had that same situation that you had Jason, where afterwards you try and get that footage and you're messaging them saying, Hey, just want to make sure that I'm, you know, you, you didn't forget about me, that you're still willing to send me that footage or send me the tape or whatever. And Then they ghost and you don't have anyone to contact because your only contact was some 20 year old kid in in university who's got four other exams. They don't care about you and your, and getting your footage. But it was what was agreed upon. So it is important to, to sort of hold them accountable. And I recently learned that if you're going to do student films, a great thing you can do is once you get booked, just ask for the professor's name for who this film is going to be turned into and see if you can get the professor's name and the professor's email. And normally I think students are pretty willing to give that to you because they understand that uh, that's not a hard thing for them to get for you. I mean, it they're doing a class project for a specific professor and most of these professors do have their emails listed online in the school directory and you can email that professor if you if you have tried to go through all of the other avenues of emailing the producer emailing whatever contact maybe you have one or two contacts for that student film if neither of them are responding to you you can then email the professor and at the very least they will have handed in some file to the professor to get their mark and you can get that file even if it's not completely finished hopefully you'll at least be able to get your scene because i i learned that lesson. And a bit too late, I have at least two student films that I have not gotten any footage back or any any reference to whatsoever. It is like they just up and, and ghosted, which which can suck because uh, in particular one of them, I really wanted that footage. It was kind of a different character for me. And that was something I wanted evidence of to put on my demo and such. So that's, that's my tip. little hot tip.
1: That, that's a great tip. Um, I'd say that that probably applies even to like credits too. I know a lot of times, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've worked with a group and you know it's unpaid, but it's like an interesting part, or you you figure you can add it to your reel or something. And um, you know, I'll, I'll ask the question, like, you know, do you provide you know at least IMDB credit something? And sometimes you walk into a situation where the person goes, yeah, I I mean I would, I don't, I don't really know how that works, but you know, whatever. If you can find somebody that you know is not the casting person that maybe is the director that knows that or something, maybe you can apply mm-hmm. philosophy, or even just you know, offer to you know, help out, you know, I, I'm happy to help, you know. Get you get the whole show set up it, if that helps whatever because at the end of the day like we want something from the experience is nice but it's also it's such a difficult business that you need work experience to get work you know yeah that you want something from it
0: it's not the typical thing where you go to school to be a doctor and you graduate and there you go the Doctor
1: doctor's easy by no i
0: way. i get it <laughs> no but there's a clear path yeah i mean my my sister for example
2: is in the field of psychology and there's a pretty defined path in comparison to my career career path. And her path was get an undergraduate degree, get a master's degree. There is an option to get a PhD. She has to do a licensing exam, which there are certain steps for that. She has to do a certain amount of hours for that licensing as well, right? Like there's sort of a path. Whereas with an actor, I have had friends who they were in the right place at the right time. And a casting director came in. I think it was specifically a a boxing gym. A casting director came into a boxing gym and said, Hey, I need, I need boxers to, essentially be like specialized background on this one shoot do you guys want to be part of it and they said yes and now he's quite a successful actor because he felt he caught the bug from there whereas I also know other people who have an undergraduate degree who have a master's degree and who are making their own path that way so there there isn't always a defined path and I think that can be what makes this industry so great and wonderful because there isn't a defined path but also kind of scary and terrifying and you don't know how to go about it because there isn't a defined path
0: yeah I kind of describe it as like most careers have like a very detailed map of like directions on where to go. And with the art, it's like someone just took a big pot of spaghetti and threw it on the ground and said, here, all of this. Yeah, totally. And we're constantly like, you know, like going these different ways and, and trying to figure shit out. And because there's no there's no clear path. It just it just is what it is. And I think we are creatives for a reason, because we were born to tell stories. And we were born to create and entertain people. And it's just in our blood. And it's who we are. And that's why we put up with this. And we're a little crazy because no Person would do this willingly. <laughs> so it was super fun having you on the show and talking about all these life lessons for creatives and hopefully people out there that are listening to us. You know, ten to twenty of our closest friends. Um, if any of you guys are thinking about going and acting, and you're listening to this, and you're like, mm, okay, yeah, no, don't think so. Then there you go. You save them a, a lot of time and heartbreak. But besides that, if people would like to follow you and follow your adventures on social media, where can they do so?
1: Well, I am on uh, Instagram under the uh, the handle at Sergio Armani that's S-U-R-G-I-O-A-R-M-A-N-I. that's also my Twitter handle though I'm not nearly on Twitter as much as I am on Instagram uh, but uh, you know you're welcome to follow me on either uh, I also asked too that uh, if if anybody's interested in listening to a, a recent thing I, I was just on the uh, Horror Shop Radio the latest episode uh, it was a ton of fun it's just a small part that I, I happened to get squeaked into at the very end of casting uh, but it was a good experience and it was a cool show so if you're into horror horror podcast, take a listen to Horror Shop Radio. Uh, the last episode in particular is the one that I'm fond of because I'm in it. Uh, it's called Abduction uh, but uh, it was a great process and kudos to the director slash producer Matthew Bird who was just great to work with.
0: Awesome. We'll, we'll tag them in the um, on our Instagram handle because we have an Instagram handle people. Yeah. We do. It is at creative confessionals podcast
2: on Instagram so be sure, to, be sure to give us a follow as well as Jason and when you are over on Spotify or or wherever you like to listen to podcasts and you are listening to. Jason's latest episode, be sure to pop back over to ours and give us a, a like and a follow and subscribe. And you can also rate and review on certain sites. So be sure to, you know, give us give us a lovely rating. Or if you don't want to give us a lovely rating, then um, don't give us a rating at all.
0: <laughs> if you didn't like us forward our podcast to all of your enemies.
2: Yes, and your exes. We are yep. fond of being forwarded to your exes. Yep.
0: They will hate you for it. And we will love you for it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was super fun though,
1: guys. I'm, I'm so thrilled that you guys let me on the show i i appreciate it very much
0: yay we're so happy
2: that you agreed <laughs> yeah it was such a pleasure having you on our show
0: <sighs> all right everybody we will talk to you next week or talk at your you next, next week. week you'll hear us next week we'll be in your airpods ear holes ear holes something like that whatever guys next monday you know the drill <laughs> bye bye